This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It is my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. If you have any questions you would like answered on this podcast, or just in general, please email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com or visit www.sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free call. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's guest is Rusty Gaylord. Rusty is a Stanford MBA and Apple executive who held the worldwide director of finance position, and he achieved a level of success that many would envy. He thought he had everything he wanted. He had his dream job at Apple, he had a home, a family, and graduated from one of the top colleges in the world. And he expected that this path would fulfill him, but ironically, he felt like a failure. So for years, he struggled to escape the trap of success. Like so many A players, he created meaning from pursuit and progress, but he had already accomplished everything he thought he would, and it wasn't enough. So staying at Apple until retirement felt like selling his life for a paycheck. He knew that he wanted work to have meaning and purpose, but it took years to find the path to happiness by becoming a coach. So today, Rusty helps other A players escape the trap that chasing success has locked them in. This is such a great interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Rusty. How are you today? It's such an honor to have you with me today. Oh, thank you, Sandy. I'm happy to be here. Well, good, because it is happiness solved. So (laughs) I want my my guests to be happy to be here. (laughs) All right. So you've, you've had a really interesting background. And I don't do a whole lot of research before I interview someone. Just because I, I like the element of surprise and be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that, you know. But but you, I, I like, I, I, I have to try to not be intimidated when I read a bio. I'm like, oh, wow, okay, MBA at Stanford, okay, like, this guy is a high achiever. I love it, so. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. It's so easy to compare ourselves to other people, right? right? Um, and there's always someone who's done something more than you or something better than you. And it doesn't always. matter who you are, right? Always. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous trap to fall into. I fall into it, too. We all do. We do. We're human. And I keep forgetting. I'm like, why do I keep doing And I'm like, yo, that's right. I forgot I'm human. <laughs> I'm no different than anybody else. <laughs> All right. So everybody has a story. You left a really great career to, to do what you love. So tell us about that story and, and what made you reach that point in your career that just said, you know, I'm going to walk away. This isn't working for me. 
Yeah, I would say it, w it wasn't quite that drastic that I just walked away. Um, you <laughs> okay. know, it's easy to, to, so I was working at Apple. I spent 13 years at Apple. And from the outside perspective, my life was amazing, right? I was like, I had a great job living in Silicon Valley, um, stable, all of that. Uh, so there, there were a couple of things that, that led up to this decision. And it was a decision. And one of the things I just want to emphasize is for, for anybody who's listening, who's contemplating making a change in their life, like most of us assume that it all happens in one instant, but it never happens in one instant. You know, it's, it's a process and it's a journey. It was months between, it was basically almost a full year between the time that I decided I'm going to leave and become a coach and when I actually left because there was all sorts of steps in between, between researching and getting trained and certified, hosting a workshop, kind of starting a business, finding clients, all of that stuff happened before I actually left. But how did I get there was the combination of a couple of things, uh, but it was really actually largely centered around family. Hmm. I was, uh, it was years before I left, I was promoted to uh, be, I was a director of finance and I was leading our sales forecast. So how much is Apple gonna sell of all the products around the world? It was a huge role and it was global and I live in California and when it's global, it means in the morning you talk to Europe and in the evenings you talk to Asia. Wow. And in the evenings, my, I wanted to be home because my son was two years old and I'm, I just felt this massive tension between, you know, around the time that dinner time was, is exactly the time that everyone's arriving in the office in Asia. So it was just this huge conflict of where do I go? Because I want to be two places in the same time. Obviously that's not possible. At that point in my life, I had no tools to manage that conflict. The only thing I knew how to do was to make a choice. And so the choice I made was to take a lower level job at work that had less responsibility. And that enabled me to be home with my son. So personally, that was great. Professionally, I had stepped off the track. And when I stepped off the track, it was no longer fulfilling in the same way. I like, I wasn't as engaged. I didn't have the same opportunities. I stayed in that job until I left Apple. Um, and, and so there was just this kind of building unrest about, I don't want to stay here. And I, I could have stayed and Apple's a great company. I had a good job. It was safe and stable, good paycheck, all of that stuff from the outside looked really good. But you know, you show up at work and you spend at least eight hours a day at work. And I just started to question, why am I pouring so much time and energy into this job that it's not really leading me to a new place? It's enabling me to live a, a great life, but there's gotta be another way that enables me to live a great life and do something that's really energizing and exciting and um, that I feel passionate for. And it was right. that search that took me years. I just like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, I thought I could work at Facebook or Google, but that wasn't really any different than working at Apple. So it was really this self-discovery process of finding out what is important to me and how do I want to spend my time? Mm, well, and first of all, I want to acknowledge you as a dad to make that difficult choice for your your is boy, girl? Son, yeah, he's 15. I, that's right, son. Mine's 21 and I have I just have one. So I know what that's like because I too gave up my career to be home with him full time. You know, so that that's a whole nother story and situation. But what I'm curious about with that decision, because, you know, and I'm not trying to stereotype, but it's pretty well known that men in corporate America, there's a lot of big egos, you know, it, it's, you know, you want to get ahead, you want to, you know, be the best, all of those things. 
But I think for men too, it's almost something like you look at the others and like, yeah, look, look what I've got. Look, look where I have you know, reached in my career. So all of that aside, how did that factor in? Like, how were you able to separate that man, you know, reach this level and take a step back? Was Talk about the, the conflicts that you faced. Because yeah. it had to be really difficult. I can't imagine. It, it was difficult. Uh, it was hugely difficult. I, I was, you know, whether you call it ego or whatever it was, but I was definitely b bought into that idea of keep climbing the ladder and progress. And so much of my identity was tied up in my work. Uh, in fact, t once I made that decision to take the lower level job, I didn't want to talk about my work. So people would ask me, what do you do? And, you know, say so I work at Apple and you know, people are interested because Apple's a big company yeah. and doing cool stuff. And I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't feel good about it. Uh, so, you know, this was that that was the internal conflict for me. It's like I don't feel good about it because I'm no longer climbing the ladder because I feel like my peers are leaving me behind. They're progressing and I'm not. All of this that was going on was this internal struggle. And at the same time, I am so grateful that I had the courage to make that decision to be around and be an engaged father and have yeah. a good relationship with my son. Like, yeah, I wouldn't trade that for the world. But I think this is what the challenge is. And it's not just for men, but it largely affects men, but it affects other people, women as well, um, which is, you know, we we grow up in a certain way. And many of us grow in both culturally in this country, there's a celebration of money and status, but also many families, and especially if you're a smart person and you do well in school, that gets widely celebrated. And now it's like, oh, well, what's unique about me? I'm smart. And what's unique about me? I can accomplish and achieve things. And then people just put the pedal to the metal on that and neglect this whole other part of life. And so, you know, to back to this idea of what happiness solved, there's so much more to life than success at work and title and money. And it, it's so common to think, well, I'll be happy once I make X amount of money or once I get this job title or once I get the promotion. But time and time again, they've studied this, they've shown it over and over. In fact, people who win the lottery within six months are back to their same level of happiness they were before they won the lottery. So, And like, they were, they're bankrupt. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, and they're bankrupt, that too, but that, right. that's a different part of the story. Right. <laughs> but, but, but it's totally related because it says how much money that drops into your lap doesn't change your happiness and it also doesn't change your ability to manage money. So that's why those people both go bankrupt again and they're not any happier. Right. Yeah. So, so how did you end up resolving that internal conflict and, and pull the trigger, trigger, if you will, and then just walk away completely? Yeah, well, so the I, I needed help. I think is the short answer to that. Uh, so the the original, you know, I, because left to my own devices, I couldn't resolve that conflict. I didn't know how, and I didn't know what else to do because I had always worked in big companies. I'd done well working in big companies, but that was my only model. I, it's like I, I didn't know what other options there were, and so the the help that I got actually came in the form of talk I attended, and it was only twenty minutes long. But inside that 20 minutes is where I got the idea to become a coach. And what the person said was, what if you put down all of your assumptions about what is and is not possible for you? So don't worry about how much money you make. Don't worry about what are people going to say about you, your family or your coworkers. Don't worry about, are you qualified to do this? Don't worry about, have you done it before? Don't worry about any of those things. And just ask yourself, what would you, 
like to invest yourself in? What would you feel energized about doing every day? What kind of career or what kind of occupation would feel rewarding to you? And you know, the idea came to me, it was like, well, having meaningful conversations with people about what matters in life and helping them achieve their goals. And, and you know, the first thought was, yeah, that's nice, but who's going to pay me for that? Or how could I ever support myself doing that, right? It's just, oh, right. She told me not to worry about those things. Okay, I'm not going to worry about them. So put them aside and just engage in this exploration process of what is it that you would really like to be doing if you were given a magic wand and you could wave it and it would work out just the way you wanted it to. I love that. And that's so true because it, when you open up that possibilities, that the possibility of doing something, you're opening up everything. You're, you're open creating a space for that to come to you. You are. And, and I just have to say that most of us, the, the, our biggest enemy is ourselves, right? We, is the way we limit ourselves, what we think is possible for us and what we think is not possible for us. And we all tend to focus first on all the problems rather than the possibilities. And so this was just turning that around and saying, hey, if you imagine this possibility, do you think you could do it? And I was like, well, sure I could do it. It's not impossible. Uh, is there risk and is it uncertain? And you know, am I afraid? Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> but if you're willing to move forward, you can absolutely do it. Yeah, for sure. So. Talk about your book. Yeah, I understand you're a best-selling author. What is the title of your book and, and what is it about? My book is called Breaking the Code. Uh, Stop looking for answers and start enjoying life. Uh, it's available on Amazon and all the different formats. Um, and my book is, is about this. And, and it's this idea that we've been programmed. We've been programmed to believe the world works in a certain way, that we can achieve certain things. Uh, we've been programmed to believe what we're capable of. And breaking the code is about breaking through that programming, changing, you know, busting through the paradigm, if you will, so that you can, first of all, envision a different level of success and happiness for yourself, and then go and achieve it. So it's really, it's a, it's a, a guidebook to help in that process. Right. Because if you can't see it, you can't believe it. Right. That was right. actually the first self-help book I read from um, Dr. Wayne Dyer. Because, mm -hmm. you know... I always remember saying, oh, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. And his thing was, you know, when you see it, you'll believe it. Right. And that was the title of the book. And it like yeah. that was like, oh, wow. So it's not, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'll see it when I believe it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But those I little things that. that we're raised with or you hear over and over, they start to reprogram your mind and you don't think that things are possible. But... It's not impossible, like you said. And yeah. why not me, right? Yeah, and I just love to make the analogy to your phone, right? I mean, everyone carries a phone around with them all the time. Right. And your phone updates the operating system automatically now. You really don't even have to do anything multiple times every year. And it adds new capability and new functionality that it didn't have before. Well, when's the last time you upgraded your own operating system, your way of thinking, your habits, your beliefs, right. your thoughts, the stories you tell yourself? Right? Most of us, to the extent we do any upgrades, it's not thoughtful. It's just, you know, we hear something or we absorb something or we have an experience and it becomes part of us. And I'm all about having a thoughtful upgrade process. What is a more expansive thought that you can carry around? What is a different story you can tell yourself about your potential? How can you upgrade your operating system, your own belief system that governs your whole experience of life so that it's more empowering? 
I love that. And I, and I wrote that down, upgrade your operating system, because I'm probably going to call the title of this episode that, because I love that. <laughs> and, and that's kind of funny, because you were, were at Apple. Um, but, but that's so true. Right. I mean, we we do. And, and I don't think enough people and, and I really hope during COVID that people would most people in the United States, especially, would really take a hard look at themselves mm-hmm. and the way in which they behave. And I and I still don't feel like enough has been looked at with humanity within the United States. Yeah. Well, some people have done it and some people haven't. Yeah. Um, and. You know, I, 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 my belief is, is I want to support the people who are open to this and have an interest in doing it. Um, for those who aren't, uh, you know, I, if you're enjoying your life, God bless you, you know, good for you. <laughs> uh, and for those who are, who want some help and want to upgrade. And by the way, an upgrade doesn't have to be from a negative place. You know, right. it's like when I was thinking about my time when I was working at Apple, my life was really good. And I still wanted to grow and I still wanted a deeper, richer experience. And that's totally fine. So yeah, don't feel bad about that, that you're somehow not honoring what you have already if you want to continue to grow and expand. That's just human nature and, and totally natural and appropriate. Absolutely. And just to piggyback what, I, what I'd said before, yes, maybe not enough people had, had, are taking a look at themselves and wanting to improve. And it happens when they're ready. Because if they're not ready, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You, you've got to be ready. <laughs> you have to be ready. You have to be ready. Okay, so you're also a musician. I am. <laughs> Do you sing? Do you play an instrument? I have been a singer for my whole life. Um, I'm a, kind of a beginner slash intermediate guitar player. And a couple of years ago, my son at his school, the school, it was a very small school and they had a band, a rock band that was formed out of the parents and the teachers from the school. And there was something like 40 people in this band. Of course, not everybody played on every song. So it was, you know, a subset of that 40 played on each song, but it was a super fun experience. I had never played in a rock band before. Um, and I just, I, I kind of caught the itch. Uh, but then my son switched to a different school and that the COVID happened and that whole thing just disappeared. And I was like, man, how do I get more of that back in my life? So just like anything that we're talking about here, it's like, well, anybody could form a rock band. I could form a rock band. So <laughs> I just did the work to go out and do it. Now, I also want to admit for the, I procrastinated for months because I was uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I was like, I've never done this. I'm not sure how good I am. I don't know the right people. Is it going to be fun? You know, it's like I had all of these fears, but I literally have up on the wall behind my my camera here uh, a list of my goals for the year. And one of them is to have a band and practice a couple of times. And I kept looking at that and I'm like, if I get to December and I haven't just buckled down and done it, even though I'm uncomfortable, I'm going to feel bad about myself because I want to do this. This matters to me. And so I had to work through my fear. I have to recognize it and then work through it and say, I'm just going to do it. And we've now met a number of times and I'm playing the bass and I'm kind of a beginner intermediate bass player, but just having so much fun. And just to, to go practice brings me joy to think about the practices when we all get together, makes me happy. And so it's just, 
it's one of these things that uh, I'm sharing a lot of detail about this, by the way, because it's such an example of what every listener can apply in their life, right? What's something that you would love to be doing in your life? You would like to have it that you just haven't done for whatever reason. You're afraid, you don't have time, you don't have money, whatever. Like you always have a reason why, but there's also on the other side, you want it. And if you want it, are you willing to take the action and go and do it? And so that, that's what I've done. And it's just been this huge source of joy for me this year. Oh, wow. For those who are just listening and not watching this on my YouTube channel, uh, Rusty's face just lit up. Like, I mean, he's got a high positive energy anyway, but that was like off the charts and I could just feel your passion and congratulations for following through with that because we only grow when we are uncomfortable. Like this work isn't comfortable, Mm -hmm. but only can we be in that space of being uncomfortable. Can we grow? And then you see the rewards and you're like, yes, that was awesome. And it really wasn't so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just the, the willingness to tolerate the discomfort, right? That's what it comes down to. Uh, yeah. and, and in the end, reaching out to people and asking, do you want to play in a band and all it's like, it wasn't as uncomfortable as I made it out to be. And I think that's one of the, that's also it's like, we all know that we've all had that experience. The anticipation is way worse than the thing itself. Oh, completely. hundred percent. Well, that's really awesome. Okay. So last question I have, cause I've, you know, I don't follow the news. I'm not a techie. My husband is most of my tech news. I hear from him. I hear that a lot of people at Apple don't use an iPhone. Do you use an iPhone? <laughs> I do use an iPhone. Everybody I met at Apple used an iPhone. <laughs> oh yeah. You okay. That. <laughs> I've got mine. I got mine. Everybody okay. That Apple used an iPhone. Um, I don't. Know so those are just the, the those are the Android users just being like, oh, Apple, because yeah. it's such a funny thing. Like one of one of my husband and I's best friends, he's like my little brother. He's total Android, and he finally got an iPhone. And I was like, yeah, you won't have that more for more than a week because he's done this multiple times. Long story short. I realized when we were texting that it was green again. And I'm like, what happened to your iPhone? He goes, oh, I broke up with it. I, I, I made it nine months and I broke up with it. <laughs> That's funny. Well, you know, for me, one of the one of the huge values of Apple is the integration of everything. The computer, the phone, the Apple TV, the yeah. AirPods, the music, the photos, you know, all of this stuff. It just works so well together. Um, it does. And that's something that I appreciate. But and I was just thinking like, okay, is there, is there a lesson in that? And, and you know, one of the lessons that I take from that is, is when you're surrounded by people who think similarly to you and are doing kind of have striving in the way you are, life just gets better, right? You get carried along with them because when you're doing this on your own, when you're trying to improve, you're trying to grow, you're reading books, all of that, listening to this podcast, my hat's off to you. And doing it by yourself when you're not in a community of people doing it together, takes that much more energy because none of us is motivated all the time. And sometimes when your motivation drops, you're around other people who have motivation. And so you can get carried along with it. So it's that network effect, which you get with the iPhone if you if you buy into all the other services and other products and all of that. But it's relevant here too. It's like, hey, who are the people you're spending yeah. time with? And make sure you're spending time with people who lift you up and who are also striving and growing like you are. Yeah, and you need to put your phone, your smartphone down yeah. and engage with people. <laughs> Unless you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) Right. And listening to this podcast. Exactly. 
Rusty, this has been such a fun conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that I haven't brought up? Uh, you know, just just that I've been thinking recently about why is it that I'm doing what I'm doing? You know, I think it's always important every once in a while to come back to just ask yourself, what is my purpose? What am I aiming for? What's important to me? Yeah. And one of the things that I, I, it is a real privilege for me about what is the things that I do and I spend a lot of my time doing is seeing the potential in other people. Mm. Where everybody listening here, you've got amazing potential. And if you can cut through some of the noise and we all have noise, but if you can cut through some of the noise and just get to what is it that you would love to be doing and creating and experiencing in your life, you can do it 100%. So I just encourage you to take the first step because it's the first step that gets you going and builds some momentum. So you've got the potential, you've got everything you need, and uh, I hope that you go off and do it. Oh, what a great message. Thank you so much. Continued success to you. Good luck these last few years with your son, 15, you know, mine's 21 and in college. It's, it's, it's not as bad as some of the girls, but it still can be tricky. So best wishes there. <laughs> Thank you, Sandy. It's been a real pleasure. It's been a fun conversation. Right. Take care. That was such a fun interview. I love Rusty's energy and I love the work that he's doing and so happy that I can share so many other people that have the same mission as I do to just help people to become happy because that's really what it all boils down to. Right, folks? So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.